0: What's up, y'all? Welcome back to Adorned Podcast. We are on episode 26, and today we're going to talk about discipleship with Crystal Udi.
1: Hi, friends, and welcome to the Adorned Podcast. We're your hosts, Erin and Casey. We would love for you to come join us each week as we discuss what it means to be made beautiful by God's word. Whether you are a college student walking to class, a mom folding laundry during nap time, or a boss babe sitting in rush hour traffic, we hope that we can encourage and inspire you to
0: pursue a deeper understanding of the Bible. So last week, we um, talked about community as a spiritual discipline, and as we kind of alluded to, um, we're going to go into a little series about community and just different facets of community and what it looks like for us to live in community, and we're going to start that off with an interview of our good friend, Crystal, and talk about what it looks like to walk out discipleship within our community. Hey, Crystal. Welcome to the Adorn Podcast. I'm so excited. We're so glad you're here. When we thought about this, um, we this series of community, we thought, okay, we definitely want to talk about discipleship and what it looks like to live out discipleship. And both of us knew immediately we wanted to have Crystal on. She's um, just a true example of what it looks like to walk in this obediently. And so we're excited to have you here and um, just to gain a little wisdom from you. And so would you tell us a little bit about yourself?
2: Um, Absolutely. Uh, Yeah. And I'm super honored um, to be able to be here. So I was, um, I was born in Arizona, um, though not for very long. We didn't live there. I'm a military child. Um, so we lived a few places before settling in, um, South Carolina, um, and I'm a classic middle child. Anybody that knows me will probably tell you I fit that to a T. That's why we're um, such good friends. Yeah. <laughs> we're both <laughs> yeah, middle definitely, children. Definitely. <laughs> um, and yeah, she loves my will. Lydia. Yeah. <laughs> and I have a heart for middle children <laughs> because I just recognize, you know, my soul recognizes other fiery <laughs> yes. spirits. Oh, yes. Um. And I, my grandpa, you know, would always say that I have a, a bit of a gypsy soul. So I was always the one that wanted to travel. And, um, I remember trying to get my parents to move like in the middle of senior year because <laughs> I was just like, let's try something new. I just <laughs> didn't care. So of course, um, I, when looking at what to do out of high school, of course, I wanted to look for somewhere way far, mm-hmm. you know? So I was like, oh, you know, I think I might, I, I might be interested in doing schools in Texas. And, um. Plus it's just far and just looked neat and fun. And the, you know, city of Austin looked fun. So like two weeks after I graduated high school, I booked it. Like Mm. I was out here and, um, just really fell in love with Texas. I fell in love with this area and I fell in love with a guy, Mm -hmm. um, an awesome guy named Kevin, who I eventually married. Um, and now we have, um, three children, um, Asher who's six And uh, we have boy-girl twins who are uh, just a couple months shy of three, um, Charlie and Grayson. They're so fun um you know, there's something you know there's <laughs> something it's like
0: I love twins toddler obviously. stage is
2: no joke when they talk about tantrums but mm-hmm. um they're cute it's their saving grace yeah <laughs> I can't yep.
1: believe they're almost three I know like, that's what I was thinking happen? too yeah like, where did time go I don't know and some well some days I feel like
2: that and then some days I'm like haven't I've been raising you for 20 years <laughs> yeah. why are you still in my
1: house <laughs> that's motherhood for sure yeah so for it's, it's sure. a hit or miss yeah, yes. yeah.
0: that's oh. so funny
1: but yeah
2: they're they're <laughs> stinking cute um so what else? I um, I love reading. I mm-hmm. love uh, trying new things. Um, I what else? I love earrings. And <laughs> You're wearing some cute <laughs> earrings right now. Yeah, you, you love you earrings. Um, you know, you always fit in earrings. Um, they they always have your size. Oh, oh that's true.
1: <laughs> Maybe that's why I like yeah, earrings too. I love oh, earrings. You know,
2: you always feel feel nice um and
1: then I just and I love
2: people I'm very social my husband and I both are so we just we love people Mm -hmm. and um we love to be with our friends and um you know in community (laughs) and we're big on
0: community perfect so do you have a a random fun fact for us um
2: yeah so it's funny I was just talking about this to somebody and I was like man if I say this they're gonna maybe they'll think I'm a was a little heathen Uh, (laughs) um the first thing that I popped that popped in my head though was um My random fact is I used to have a fire club when I was little. What is that? Um, Yeah, it's exactly what it sounds like. Um, It's nothing intricate, so don't think too much of it. It's like I had a little book that just said President Crystal was the president of the fire club. And we would get (laughs) together and we would just make make fires. (laughs) Apparently, I was a little bit of a pyro when I was... Little, I don't know. But I got caught and I was in big trouble and had to, like, write a report about fire safety. So and, it was um, a secret club. Yes. Oh, yes, absolutely. Yeah. So and you and had, it was, like, at a place that, I mean, I grew up, you know, in South Carolina where there's, like, nothing but pine trees everywhere. Right. So there was pine needles. I mean, I could have lit oh the, the military base, like, there on fire.
1: How many kids were in this club? I don't know. There's probably, like, three. Like, it's not, you know, but
2: president Crystal. can't ever say that I wasn't a go-getter I was like we're gonna make a fire club
1: that is awesome so how did you start the fires did you have matches or yeah, I think a lighter it, yeah. or a magnifying
2: glass like oh no I wasn't I probably wasn't that smart I was probably just like I found some matches or something and we were just you know we were little and we were just like fire whoa well at least I was wow. <laughs> that, is, that is really yes yeah, right? I, yeah, so I was kind of a weird kid but I think I grew out of my fire phase <laughs> I'm no I longer think. president. I'm not yeah. sure. Yeah. I told someone earlier, yep, 20 years going strong. Kidding, kidding. We don't have a fire club anymore. That's so. so funny. <laughs> That's and the only funny. other thing I could think of was I don't eat or drink anything blue, which I usually don't tell friends because they um, once they know, then I get made fun of about it forever. But. It's just become a thing that I don't eat or drink anything blue.
1: Not for health reasons, just because? No, I don't think I ever liked the flavors
2: when
0: I was Um, younger. Yeah. And so
1: then it just became a mental thing. Okay.
0: um, I'm trying to think of anything blue anyway. Like popsicles or like if you have a
2: sucker or a drink, I I never get blue Gatorade. Mm -hmm. No, Um, but it's even so far. Okay. It's not weird. Like I can clearly wear blue. I can drink out of a blue cup. But if there is another option, I will go for it. And Kevin (laughs) really makes fun of me for it. Like I open up the cups and if there is a... Like an orange cup behind the blue one, I will reach behind and grab that orange <laughs> cup. Yeah, I just—you you are 14. what that's called. It's, it's called like, like a, a its just blue something aversion a blue so. aversion. It His cyan
1: because cyan is blue, so cyanophobia. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I think you just invented it. I have cyanophobia.
0: I like it. That is so funny. You know. <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah. See, that's why you don't know that about things. me because once now someone finds a water like,
0: bottle and blue. <laughs> That is so funny. Those are fun. Okay. So tell us a little bit about, um, how you would define discipleship. Um, okay. So
2: this one was kind of, um, hard for me at first actually, because I felt like, um, it's hard for me to even explain it or define it without Mm -hmm. it taking it so personal. Mm -hmm. Um, because I mean, a disciple is someone right. Who follows the ways and words of a teacher. Mm. Right. Um, so the walk of discipleship is a way to think of, um, just purely following Jesus, Mm -hmm. you know, um, it's, it's not quite the same as, um, just being a student in the modern sense though, you know, it is, um, a deliberate, uh, um, apprenticeship, you Mm -hmm. know, um, In you know, because in the Bible it talks about like a disciple actively imitated uh, both the life and teaching of Christ, Mm. Um, and so that's that's my big heartbeat. Is it's not just being the student, not just studying mm-hmm. uh, God's word, but living God's mm-hmm. word, um and imitating, you know, how Christ
0: walked. Yeah, I think that's really good because there is a difference in between just learning and doing. Yeah. Absolutely so you could be a student and just learn, okay, here's what Jesus did, but then the discipleship part comes in and then learning what that is and then walking in it as well. Yeah, I yeah, like yeah, that truly.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's good. a good
0: definition. And I
1: like the uh word apprenticeship. I had read that somewhere when I was reading about discipleship earlier and mm-hmm. I was like, Oh, I like that. That kind of puts it into it that kind of paints a picture for yeah. you it makes me think of like residency like in the doctor's
2: world right uh-huh. I don't want a doctor coming in and performing on me or um, you know trying to medicate me um, just out of out of schooling right just what they've learned in textbook you know and that's right. why they go through that residency because they need real life you know mm-hmm. walk and real life um, trials you know right. to go through
1: to be able to have those experiences so yeah it's yeah. good Good. So can you tell us a little bit about um, how you walk this out in your own life? Um, so I think, um,
2: so, you know, a lot of memories, um, this was the first thing I thought of, but a lot of memories um, growing up. Um, for me, revolve around like doing different crafts with my mom, right? Mm-hmm. Um, like I learned how to scrapbook and I learned how to like paint and stain wood. And I learned um, just really how to think outside the box, right? But crafting wasn't all that I learned. Mm-hmm. Um I learned, you know, about my mother. Like I learned how she walked and talked, and I learned how um she joked, how she spoke to others um, and how she thought, of other people and, and my dad. And, and so more than just crafting, I, I learned about being a woman. Mm -hmm. Mm. And, um, so to this day, you know, the lessons, like I learned from my mom impact the way I live and love others. And so I think I, that really kind of shaped how I go about discipleship as well. And, and what that means to me, you know, um, Cause what happened in my time, you know, with my mom was a form of discipleship mm-hmm. in itself, you know, um, she led and I followed. So I guess I take that as, you know, when I'm feeling, um, or like in my walk now, um, like I'm, when I'm feeling that drained or when that, um, that kind of that empty feeling. And as much as I'm going out there and, and pursuing Jesus and I'm going out there and wanting to disciple others when I still feel that empty feeling or when I'm starting to feel just laggy, you know, um, I can always, almost, almost always trace it back that I'm myself not getting discipled. Oh, um, that's good. and so I'm, I'm just a big, um, and I tell my youth girls that all the time that, Hey, I'm 33 and I still get discipled. So mm-hmm. it's not, um, don't ever look at it as like a, you know, you have to be, um, you know, a student, like a student age, I should say, mm-hmm. right. um, to be able to, to, um, be discipled I think it should be a continuous thing like mm-hmm. I, I know Aaron you have a strong heart for this as well but I love like how it talks about and Titus mm-hmm, right mm-hmm. and I know you love Titus like I love the women discipling other women mm-hmm. I mean and that's the whole point is to be able to just continuously pour into somebody and right. be poured into at the same time mm-hmm. so that you don't run dry
1: just what it looks like to follow Christ so you touched on it a little bit um, and we didn't specifically. Prepare you for this question, so. That's but, fine. um, mm. can you talk a little bit about your discipleship relationship with your youth girls? Yeah, you said youth girls. So, oh, yeah, 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 yeah,
2: absolutely. So, you know, the funny thing is, part of discipleship in my own life has really just been about obedience, also. Um, because I, um, you could ask like our our previous youth, um, pastor who is now you know just our campus mm-hmm. pastor, and he gave me a lot of grief about that I um, actually had turned him down when he asked me to come over and be involved with the youth. And I just had it in my head that that's not where I belong. Um, I felt like, you know, I was in my twenties, so so I still, I felt like maybe I'm, I'm too young. I also didn't grow up in church. Um, so I felt like these girls probably know more about the Bible than I do. Just was very intimidated and let that get in my head that I wasn't supposed to. So I served everywhere else Mm. and it wasn't until I think I had, well, I had twins. So my world at home was preschool. Mm. And so I thought maybe I should step out of the preschool ministry for a bit and try something new. And then our current youth pastor, David, you know, asked me to come over and I just felt like, um, okay, you know, now's the time to try something new. I I think from day one, I just like, it felt right. Yeah, And that's, I, that's where I really know it's a God thing when just things just fall in place, like Mm -hmm. where you just know that you are in the right place at the right time. Mm -hmm. And I haven't had many of those moments in my life. Right. But it was just, I was so sure of where I was at and it almost just makes me laugh a little because if I had been obedient all along, and listen to the nudges when people had mentioned me going to the youth or, um, even to the nudges in my own gut that I didn't want to acknowledge and let my insecurities and fears Mm. who are not from God. If I had, um, listened to that, then I could have been there sooner. Mm. Anyway, that's a little bit down the tangent, but I'm just (laughs) a big believer in, um, just obedience. You know, if you feel that strong pull or people are trying to guide you and tell you, you know, it's, it it might be a sign that
1: you should be doing
2: that. (laughs) Um, So what
1: does that discipleship relationship look like with your, with the girls?
2: Um, So a lot of it is um, they're talked at all day, right? Mm -hmm. They're talked at um, by parents. They're talked at, at their teachers. Then they, in fact, they even come to um, what we call, you know, our immerse on Wednesdays, which is our youth um, church. Um, and they're talked at by, you know, the pastor. And so I think what it really looks like is by the time they get into group, Mm -hmm. they don't need to be talked about, Mm -hmm. you know, so I'm not, I think it's a, it's a walking a line with them where I'm not, um, their parent, I'm not there to talk at them, um, but I'm also not going to be just their friend, you mm-hmm. know, and, and it's important for them to know that, too. There's times when they're, you know, I want to tell you something, but you can't tell anybody. And I have to always say, do you trust me enough to know the difference? Yeah. Because I can never promise that I won't say anything right. if it's needed. Right? right. So it's just it's learning to walk that line and have balance with them. Really, it's more of just the guidance than anything. You know, yeah. I'm not there. We don't get in there and I don't just start preaching and teaching. In fact, this year, my girls are seniors. I'm probably going to cry. But mm-hmm. um, this year, in fact, I've told them that they are going to lead most of these discussions mm-hmm. because I, it's equipping them um, to be able to take their faith into their own hands. Because when they go off to college, they're not going to have somebody to walk them to church Mm -hmm. all the time. They're not going to have somebody to send them daily reminders. Have you prayed? Have you spent time in God's word? So I'm trying to equip them kind of like we do with our own children, Mm -hmm. right? We want to equip them to leave you one day. And so that's what I'm trying to do. I just want to guide them. You know, if I see them leading a little bit of a stray, I can just, you know lovingly be able to nudge them in the right area or be there when they have um those problems and need someone to just um pour their heart out to or pray for or um and just set an example of what it looks like uh, to walk in God's footsteps.
0: I think that's such a good point like when you're talking all the way back to your mom until what you're talking about right now mm-hmm. where you're you're using this um, the way you walk and the way you live your life and just the way you talk to people, like you said with your mom or the way that you react to certain things. And, and that's all of that is discipleship. I Mm -hmm. think sometimes we try to put it in a box and say, it's going to be meeting once a week at a coffee shop and we're going to do this and we're going to talk about these things. And, and we try to kind of make it something and, and that might be the way the the Lord's leading you. Yes. But that doesn't mean that's the only way to disciple. And that Mm -hmm. discipleship is so much more than that. It's, I think that's such a good point of what you're saying that so much of it is not actually what you're saying to each other. So, right. in the, those meetings, it's um, them seeing, like you're saying, how you're a wife and how you're a mom and how you handle trials and how you um, just go about following Jesus in your day-to-day life has such an impact on um, the people that you're discipling, Mm -hmm. possibly even more than what you're actually talking about in those meetings. Absolutely.
2: I'm a big believer in that. And I um, I also believe in being very vulnerable Mm -hmm. because of that reason. So I don't want them to ever think, um, because I'm a wife and, um, a mom and, you know, just between working and serving at church that I have things all figured out. Like I'm very open about that. I don't, that Mm -hmm. I'm going to struggle too. Yeah. That, um, those problems that they think nobody has ever felt before Mm -hmm. somebody has, and it might not be me. Maybe we haven't walked through the exact same thing, Mm -hmm. but I've been there somewhere similar, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, and I'm still, there's still times that I struggle with stuff. So stuff that I'm, you know, my advice to them, I'll tell them, Hey, this is something I still have a problem with. Right. I still play the comparing game, which mm-hmm. women are very, very you know, often doing. Right? right. It's so easy to be like that mom has it all together. Mm-hmm. Why don't I have it all together? Right. And I find, especially with teenage girls, that's so easy
0: for them to do. You yeah. Know? Um, yeah. I think that's a really good point. And I'm going to read that Titus passage that you referenced so yes, that everybody knows. Yeah, I um, that out. So it's Titus 2. I'm going to start in verse three. Uh, It says, Older women likewise are to be reverent in behavior, not slanders or slaves to much wine. They're to teach what is good, and so train the young women to love their husbands and children, to be self-controlled, pure, working at home, kind and submissive to their own husbands, so that the word of God may not be reviled. And um, I think we've talked about this in one of the really early episodes. Maybe, maybe not. Um, But I think that... I love this passage specifically, and I love that you brought it up because it, it's a, I'm not sure if you can say it's a command, but I think it is a command. It says, it doesn't say, you sh- you know, you should do this, or you right. do, it says, yeah no, do I, women, don't I don't think do it's this. a suggestion. Yeah, I think, I think th- it's yes. God's yeah. instruction,
1: right, so of how yeah. should
2: mm-hmm. we should be, um, you know, how we should relate to one another. Yeah, yeah, and
0: it goes along exactly with what we're talking about. It's say, it doesn't say, just sit and pray f- for each other, which we should mm-hmm. be doing, but it says very practical everyday things. Teach them how to be kind. Yeah, Teach them how absolutely. to, you know, they may not have kids or they may not have a husband at the time, but you're showing them that and mm-hmm. teaching them that for the future. And so I think that, that verse just goes perfectly along with what we're how mm-hmm. we're describing what discipleship looks mm-hmm. like. Yeah.
2: Um, and I, I know another thing um, we have in common is we both have a heart for biblical marriage. Mm-hmm. Well, and I know You feel the same way? Um, no, I don't like Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean to make it sound like just you. I just knew it was something that she specifically Yes, so I am very passionate yes. about marriage. <laughs> yes. um, and it's that's true. another thing is I have told people that I used to get called very picky. I didn't date in high school. Mm-hmm. I was not. Um, and I would always get made tease and made fun of. Um, like I, I was compared to the girl, of 10 Things I Hate About You. They used oh. to say that I was <gasps> like that That's my favorite movie. Girl. Really? Yes. Oh. Oh. That and Sweet well, it's home funny. Alabama, they used to say that it, y- that I was her. You're and are um, Yeah. And I guess I just, <laughs> they just thought I must be cold if okay. I didn't want to date. Okay. But, um, I look back on it now and I think it's because I knew what I was looking for. Mm -hmm. And that's Mm -hmm. just by watching what my parents had. Mm -hmm. They never had to tell me. I don't remember ever my mom sitting down, um, and I know she does believe this, but I don't remember ever her her sitting down and saying, find a guy who knows your worth and find, you know, Mm -hmm. anything like that. Yeah. I just saw their relationship and knew that I wasn't going to settle until Mm -hmm. I found that. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so I did, I was able to marry my best friend because it was shown to me in Mm -hmm. that form form of discipleship without yeah. her ever having to say anything, you know?
1: Love it. So where else do we see discipleship in the Bible? You have yeah. any, any other scripture? I, I, well, I have probably too many. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> there you go. It's um, everywhere. Just yes,
2: pick some of it your favorite is everywhere. But, um, I mean, I guess definitely in, um, Acts, you see it probably most mm. and, and the gospels. Um, but I know, you know, yeah. I guess I, I was like, I don't want to start throwing out too many. Cause as I said, there was just so many that started calling, um, to me when I was researching this and going down that rabbit hole. Um, but you know how it talks about, um, well, like some suggest, you know, disciples are like the super Christians who mm. are just like getting it done for Jesus. Right. Mm. Um, while Christians are just normal believers, but I really love too in scripture. However, it offers no support of this distinction, you right. know, um, and I, unfortunately, like I, I wrote a lot of these and then didn't actually write them all out because I was afraid <laughs> that they would be too far. Um, you can just give but the like row. Yeah, okay. Mark 834 is one that I loved. Um, Luke 923 or, or 57 through 62. There was a lot in Luke that I really loved. Um, um, and, and then I loved how it talks about as disciples were called to imitate Jesus's mm. love in John 1334. Um, it talks about his mission his humility um, in Philippians 2, 5, his service, um, his suffering. I mean, I could go on and on. They're all all throughout scripture. Um, But I would say anytime you want to look at um, if somebody wants to, you know, asks you about discipleship in the Bible, I would say definitely start in Acts. Acts, I just felt like that was just flooded with Mm -hmm. some good stuff. I mean, it's the Bible, so of course it's good stuff, Right, but it was just some good
1: stuff. Yeah. It's all about making disciples. Mm -hmm. I heard something earlier um, that said there's two different, you can look at making disciples in kind of two different ways. You have the conversion of believers Mm -hmm. and then you have the Helping them grow to be more like Christ, and it made yes. it, it made me think of our like church vision statement, mm-hmm. yeah. the reaching people for Christ and helping to be, helping believers grow to be like Him. So both of those are discipleship, both like yes, leading people to Christ and helping them grow to be like Him. Well, so we like have that. and you the, see both in Acts, mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely,
2: yeah. We have the um, you know, we have a women's um, Bible study group mm-hmm. called Roots and Fruits, yes. and I love even that verse talks. A little bit about discipleship. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the Matthew twelve thirty three, and I did write that one down because I really loved it. But the make a tree good, and its fruit will be good, or make a tree bad, and its fruit will be bad. For a tree is recognized by its fruit. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that. You know you you need to have you need to have that person to help you mend your roots, mm-hmm. right? Um, to keep you grounded, so that you can go out there and um, just be ready to battle and be as fruitful as possible for God. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I don't think that's always as possible. If you, We, we live in a mentality where it's so, um, you know, your problem is your own problem. Um, and in fact, I was just talking to one of our residents that was saying the same thing. He was like, I always felt like I had to just keep stuff to myself because mm-hmm. it's your own problem, your own problem. Nobody wants to hear about it. And and that's not what God is calling us to mm-hmm. do. I, I love one of the things is um, that I... I tell my girls actually, when we talk about it is I asked them one day, I said, so do you know what the first problem, um, that came up in the Bible? Like, what's the first problem? And I think most people's go to answer, right. Is, um, well, sin when mm-hmm. sin entered mm-hmm. and I'm like, no, like, look at the Bible. The very first problem that it ever talks about is cause you know, up until then, right. It, God kept saying it is good, right. Mm-hmm. It's good. It's good. And then he created man and he was alone and he said, it is not good. Mm-hmm. And um, we're not we're not called to be alone. Mm. We don't have to. Um, we're not equipped to be alone. We're supposed to have that c- accountability mm-hmm. and discipleship um, to you know someone always fueling you and pushing you. And sometimes it's instruction and maybe a little reproof. But mm-hmm. we need that. We don't right. we don't naturally go out and look for that. Right? Mm-hmm. I'm not going to come to you just naturally and be like, Aaron, can you tell me what I'm doing wrong in mm-hmm. my life? I need, that's why yes. discipleship is so important. I need somebody to help guide me even yeah. if I don't want it. Yeah. You know,
0: mm-hmm. it's good. That's yep. Good. I like that. I like mm-hmm. that. I didn't, I never thought about that as the first problem. Yeah. Being I had either. Alone. That's really cool. Yeah. I thought of it all myself.
2: I'm just kidding. No, <laughs> no, no, no. no, it was said to me one day and it's just, it's always been one of those things that stuck that, yeah. um, wow, we need people. Um, it's it's such a mentality too you know that um sorry i'm chasing down a hole but uh you you hear that f- expression a lot that um a superhero woman or superwoman uh uh-huh. and i think as a woman and as a mom um it's it was very um hard for me to hear that cuz i always felt like i was falling short mm-hmm. because why am i not where uh, why am i not a superwoman like yeah. where's my cape why can i not do it all like mm-hmm. all these women have it all together um it's because it's such a false expectation Mm -hmm. for women. Um, we're not called to be super women. You know, I, I, I very much want to loan my cape out anytime that Mm -hmm. someone needs it, or there's going to be times I need to borrow somebody's cape. Like I think we're supposed to lean on each other. It's a Mm -hmm. tribe. It's not a one woman show or one man show. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah.
0: that's good. That's good. How would you say that discipleship has helped you experience God? There's definitely
2: been times that I felt I, I just become stagnant. I don't want to say that I really turned from God mm-hmm. since I really started chasing after him. Um, but there's times where you just hit that standstill, um, where you get a little stagnant. Mm-hmm. And um, and I needed somebody to come in um, from that angle of discipleship. Mm-hmm. I needed somebody to come in and give me that push. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's what it has been and really been the biggest um, impact in my life is that somebody that has I'm, I'm such a people pleaser naturally. Um, and so I think, um, maybe even it started as not disappointing people mm, mm-hmm. <laughs> when they would come and, Hey, you, you should do this. You should start serving here. You should. Um, but I think it's what I needed. And so even out of that, um, if, if they're doing it with the right goal in mind, obviously you could take advantage of a people pleaser, I'm sure. But, but <laughs> oh. if you, but if you surround yourself with fellow Christ followers and, and just sisters and brothers in Christ, um, they want what's best for you also, mm-hmm. you know? And so I don't have to worry about that. I trust when the, they come and say, they say, I think this is where you need to go. Or there's been times that just recently, you know, I had, um, ones that had enough love for me and my family to say, Crystal, I think you need to drop out of stuff mm-hmm. because this is too much. And so sometimes it's even that, that I'm going too strong in one way that mm-hmm. I'm neglecting a ministry somewhere else or yeah. neglecting myself and my own personal time with God. Mm-hmm. Um, so discipleship has just shown up and what I mean, all over the place in my life, whether it's me or, um, just me being filled up. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's a, just a continuous thing. I just have, I'm very fortunate that I have strong, um, godly women in my life that are constantly pouring into me or even, um, just accountability, you know, friends that hold mm-hmm. me accountable. Cause I know if I just completely stop showing up to things. Like I know that Aaron and Casey would not be the people (laughs) that would let me get away with that. And I need that in my life. Mm -hmm. Again, it's not naturally that people might do that. So it's important to go and find those people and Mm -hmm. surround yourself with them. Um, Even if it steps a little bit out of your comfort zone, but, but I always, I, but I do firmly believe that if you're not the least bit uncomfortable, then you're not growing. Mm.
1: So how would you say that discipleship specifically plays into the gospel?
2: I guess it may sound cliche or almost, I, I mean, but I don't want it to be overthought, but it's right. Our end game is just to be able to spread his word and get as many people to know Jesus mm-hmm. as possible. Right. Mm-hmm. That's our, that's our goal. So without overthinking it, that's, yep. that's what it is. It's yeah. just um, equipping others um, also to be able to feel that prepared and mm-hmm. go out and get more people. Yes. And so, as you said, that's the first step, mm-hmm. right. Is yeah. get those people to know Jesus, you know, mm-hmm. then, like be able to stay with them and disciple them and walk them through how they can go out and equip mm-hmm. others, you yeah. know, and yeah. so it's just a nonstop cycle.
1: But um, I yeah. like, have you, I think David has, I think you've probably read it. Master plan of evangelism. Have you read that? I know for what you're talking DR. about, but yeah, Did y'all have to read it um, for the mission trip. I think some of them did. So I think I was supposed to, I, I don't know.
2: I think some of them did, but I'll admit that I did not read all that one. I did start that one, but there were also other books, um, those were some of the students that already read the previous book. Okay. And, and I, hadn't I know what read other the books, books you're talking one. about yes, too. Yeah. So I was reading When Helping that. Hurts. Yes. Okay. And so I, I was that one's good too. I, I mostly read When Helping Hurts. My problem is I tend to read like 10 books at a time. Uh, mm-hmm. And I get. That sounds I like never have other that people. people. I know. <laughs> yeah, I'm really
0: bad at that. I have books all yeah, over my so house. It's so funny. I suggested a, or we both talked about a book. One day. And then oh, the next yeah. time I went to her house, it was on her counter. Yeah. I was like, you bought this. <laughs>
2: yeah. All the time. I was like, I haven't yeah. started that one yet, but I felt, felt like here. out of the five I'm reading, <laughs> I have to get one done before. Because yes. it drives Kevin crazy. Yes. He's like, what are all these? And I'm like, but I'm
1: reading that one too.
2: Like, don't put it up. <laughs> yeah. I don't yeah.
1: know. Yeah, So that book, I've only read like the first one or two chapters because you have to like really kind of soak it in. Mm-hmm. But what from I've what heard. I yeah. can tell, that's the gist of the book is that. Jesus's plan for evangelism the way, so we can look at Jesus as our best example of Mm -hmm. how to evangelize because I mean, he lived on earth and he did it, right? Yeah. And his the way he did it was through building those disciples, like mm-hmm. the discipleship. Yes, um, which John Piper actually said. I was listening something this morning. He said the word discipleship is never in the Bible, which I thought was interesting. Mm-hmm. But the yeah. idea yeah. is definitely Disci- there. Yes, yeah. and um, that's how Jesus did it. That's how he yeah. evangelized was building those disciples. You know, reaching mm-hmm. people and growing them. Reach mm-hmm. and grow. Reach and grow. Well, like I think so I he even knew. Um, and obviously he's God, so he could have. Mm-hmm. But he knew, like to
0: how networks you exactly know? <laughs> exactly, <laughs> and we're yes. women we should really know right <laughs> we like to talk so we gotta yes. get the word out exactly yeah, yeah. I think so. that's such a good point and we've been kind of referencing it without saying the actual scripture but in in Matthew 28 <laughs> in verses um 19 and 20, it says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, mm-hmm. baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you and behold, I'm with you to the end of the age. And I think that's exactly what we're talking about. Like go make disciples. And it doesn't just say, just make them and convert them and then stop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, It's saying, exactly. you know, go make them, make disciples and then teach them to obey what I've commanded yeah. you. Yeah, baptize and them and, just, and teach them. Yes, yes, keep that going, keep mm-hmm. that going, keep that going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah, so um, we've already talked about some, but do you have any other practical ways for women to grow in discipleship? Um, I think uh, don't be so intimidated by it, Mm -hmm. um, is what I I would say, um, because I meet so many
2: women that are just... They think if they're not up there teaching at Roots and Fruits or if they're not leading a small group or if they're not, um, you know, cause there's a lot of, um, especially in our church right now, there's a lot of the youth, young moms don't be so intimidated because mm-hmm. discipleship, um, can look like so many things. So the next time, I mean, there's times that I, I, I hear of men who are like, yeah, I've I, I feel like I learned most about who God was when, um, my dad and I would go fishing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So just, I think it's looking for the small opportunities in life, whether it's, um, taking a walk with your child around the block and just talking about, um, God's glory and look at this beautiful sky Mm -hmm. and, um, or, um, inviting somebody into your home and into your kitchen and, and just talking a little bit about it. Or when you plan a little play date, um, or a lunch, I I think those are all opportunities, um, for discipleship, but Mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be so intimidating and that Mm -hmm. you don't have to have, um, as you said earlier, that you don't have to have this whole Bible study planned and a book to go through every time. That's great if you're ready for that next deeper level, but, um, it can just be grabbing coffee with somebody or, um, just the little things that mm-hmm. you're doing, you know, we don't often feel like we're doing God's work when we're like in the midst of screaming kids or changing diapers, but you are, you oh, know? Yeah, for and sure. so, um, I think it's just important to know that you have a ministry, um, God puts you in a place for a reason, you know, right. And you have a ministry around you, whether it's just your little kids, um, running around screaming, there's, there's little things you can teach them, even if it's the smallest thing, how much God loves them. Um. Mm-hmm. Uh, and up to just the women around you. And so I, I would say pray for um, just to be open and, mm-hmm. and just yeah. be open to what God puts in front of you because that's so often that, right, how many times that you hear, like, I didn't have that opportunity. And I'm like, well, I mean, you were you talked for a while. Um, I remember one day, actually, I, I stopped to get the mail, and the mail lady was still there, and we were talking for like half an hour. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking that later that I was like, even something like that could have been just an easy Mm-hmm. you know, yeah. topic and be able to mention, um, the love that I have for Christ and let that show out. Cause I, I love, I've always loved that saying that, um, you might be the, Bi- you know, the only Bible that some people ever read. Yes. So I want yes. to be able to put that on and for, um, just for my eyes to be open to see the opportunity, mm-hmm. you know, not let mm-hmm. it go by me.
1: I like that. I think especially as women, we tend to overcomplicate things. Yes, absolutely. And we're like, I'm gonna wait until my house is perfectly clean. Well, that's never gonna happen. Mm-hmm. Or oh I, I mean, gave up on that. Me. Me. You, guys, yeah. you guys
2: have been to my house. You well aware <laughs> now that I um my, uh, yeah, I'm never gonna be the spotless mom. Yeah. Or the um but yeah. yeah, at some point it's just
1: but, and it's I thought about that, like the way you just open your home and you're like, everybody come over for dinner. We have extra food. Come on over. Oh, yeah. Like, I love it. That is awesome. And that mm-hmm. is just a way that you can just build these relationships with other women. And, um, yeah, so I like it. I like the not overcomplicating yeah. thing. I think our kids see that too. They so do. obviously
2: mm-hmm. it's for us just as much because we love your guys' company, but, Um, I love that, um, whether or not Asher sees Lydia or something, he still thinks that she's like one of his best friends ever and we can go months without seeing her, Mm -hmm. but he's just growing up in that and, and seeing it modeled to how our families act. I love that it's setting an example for the next generation to grow up and love Jesus and love each other and community. Um, Mm -hmm. hopefully just as much as we do. Yes. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and I think what you're saying about not being intimidated is is such a good point to remember that there's always someone a little bit further along in their walk with Christ, Absolutely. and there's always someone a little bit further back. So we should always be reaching forward to that person that knows a little more that we can learn from, but then also with our other arm, reaching back to pull someone along because I think sometimes we get so focused on one side or the other. Mm-hmm, I like, I really need to be discipled. I really need to be discipled. I'm still young, or I'm a young mom, and I just need someone to disciple me. Yes, you do 100%. And then you also need to then turn and take that and reach back to someone who's maybe a newer Christian than you. And it's not always age. It's not always like this person's older, this person's younger. It's just how, you know, how long you've been walking with the Lord or, you know, where the Lord's kind of driving you. If someone really wants to learn about a certain thing and you've kind of walked through that experience and that might be a good person to kind of reach oh, back I and absolutely. be like, Hey, mm-hmm. I want to care. I've learned a lot this. from you and you're
2: like a sinking baby.
0: Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. But no, there's been a lot of times that
2: maybe you don't even know, but there's been a lot of times that you've pushed me out of my comfort zone. Mm. Like, I don't even think I would have taught if you hadn't been the one that was like, I think you need to be teaching it, you know? And, cool. I, and I loved it. Yeah. Um, and so you need that. It, it could just be, yeah, anybody in your life. Mm. I, I totally agree with that. Cause you're right. It's very I think you're absolutely right. I think it's very one-sided a lot of times. Uh-huh. You're either so yeah. focused on wanting to disciple the somebody. Other. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I get like that. I'm like pouring into my girls because mm-hmm. I have such a heart for them. I just love them dearly. But then I would feel that drained mm-hmm. and empty. And it's because I myself wasn't getting discipled or yep. just filled up in general with spending time with God. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And then also the other way, like my youth girls are the ones that are like, Um, yeah, yeah, I'm being discipled, but I'm like, Hey, did you know that there's, um, middle school girls that are are Mm -hmm. constantly looking to you guys? I don't know how many middle schoolers that come up and and say stuff like that, that that one girl is always so nice to me. And I'm like, it makes such a difference in their lives and they don't realize that. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's why I was so proud of, um, Abigail, who we've had on her here before that i've been discipling yeah you know she did that she went out and she found you know i was like you need to be doing this and she went and found someone who was younger and she started meeting with her once a week and i was like yes like this is how this is how jesus did it i love it so biblical you know she
2: did too i have to tell you is in the um when we were down in the dominican republic Mm she um it's something we we had been talking about uh, several of us of how um whether they're Christians or not, or they really have come to know Jesus or not, how many people really say, um, no, if you ask to pray for them. Mm-hmm. And so it's something she really took to heart. Yep. And so she just started, um, random strangers mm-hmm. while we were in the DR just would be like, you know, uh, if she met somebody and somebody was, um, I, I don't know, feeling a little upset or having a hard time. She was like, can I pray for you? And then it mm-hmm. turned out they were like, actually my sister, is, you know, walking in cancer and, mm-hmm. um, just all these kind of things just came up. Wow. It's just crazy. And so mm-hmm. I just, yeah, I've loved so cool. seeing that. Yeah, I know. It just, it doesn't it make you so proud. Yeah, i was like,
1: oh my God, <laughs> y'all should see I mean. Aaron smile right now. I know. Abigail, she loves you so much. Yes. <laughs> I know you're listening to this. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so proud of Not her. me. I just kind of like you. I'm just kidding. No, no, no. <laughs> Abigail knows I love her. We yeah. all love you. Yes. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, Crystal, do you have any um, resources to share with us on discipleship specifically? Um, okay. So, I mean, it sounds super cliche, but um, obviously always
2: the Bible. It's um, not cliche. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I mean, pretty much yeah. okay. Every I was time. like, I'm sure um, Always, everyone's Bible. like, of course <laughs> she's going to say the Bible. I roll, but it's so true. It's that that's where anything, um, when you first asked me to do this, I, that's the first place I went was Absolutely. to the Bible. Good. Um, that's you why know, we want to go on. to Wikipedia. You know, <laughs> <Yeah>. um, Wikipedia.
0: <laughs> that's the next step. No, I'm just kidding. No, 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 no.
2: Um, I do also really like um, the celebration of discipline. Um, I, I love a lot of those examples in there, and it talks about a lot of the um, spiritual disciplines in there. But it t- covers it talks about discipleship. But um, the biggest one, in my opinion, is just flat out experience. I think you just have to um experience it. You have to know what it is to disciple somebody. because um, you can read it get, that's the whole difference again about being a student and mm-hmm. what it is mm-hmm. to really be a disciple. So I can read about being a disciple, but I don't know it until I live it.
1: I mm-hmm. um, have to just kind of jump in. Yeah,
2: yeah. And um and it was also taught to be and modeled to me right. by having a disciple, you know, when I was being discipled. So I knew how I wanted to be discipled. So I could in turn turn around and disciple others Mm -hmm. that way and um so it's really a lot of experience you just got to jump into it Mm -hmm. yeah it's good
1: good we've had so much fun talking to you I've today, had so much friends. fun I'm like this is great it's so fun huh it's so much fun now I'm gonna go home and be like
2: Kevin can we just like start <laughs> doing stuff like this in regular camp for conversation <laughs> y'all would have
1: an awesome podcast oh, he, would <laughs> totally he would be nothing should. but eye rolls from him that's like our <laughs> life yeah. well do you have a verse of, of scripture or a quote or anything like that that you want to end with
2: the preacher in Ecclesiastes writes Uh, Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their toil. For if they fall, one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him who is alone when he falls and has not another to lift him up. You can find that in um, Ecclesiastes 4, 9, and 10.
0: If you've enjoyed this episode, please feel free to subscribe and leave a review on iTunes. And most importantly, share with a friend
1: beautiful music that you've heard on this episode today is by the incredibly talented Katie Cox.